Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 33 of the Empty Space In Between podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in again. Anya's episode was the last one to go out. Uh, it's done very well, hasn't it, Sam? It has, it has. Thank you to Anya for coming on. Yeah, for a part two. Uh, it was interesting to get into her research because we didn't do it justice the first time. <laughs> no, your first time we come on, yeah. we literally just talked about Anya's life, basically. <laughs> so, literally so, just had a deep combo about other things, didn't we? And we were like, yeah, we haven't talked about research here. Before we get into our wonderful guest, who we thank for coming on, Sam, you, you played a big gig yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you didn't know you were going to mention that. Of um, course. Yeah, Honey Motel played the O2 Academy, O2 Academy last night with Sundara Karma. How did it go? Um, well, I don't know. You were watching. How did it go? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I thought you played five out of ten. Consider, considering as well, that was like your biggest gig. You played it very well. Yeah, well, nice you one. Sounded well, but yeah. Um, so your new tunes out on the 30th of November. Yeah, yeah. They're not you going to throw all this in. We've <laughs> got a self promotion because this will be the one that goes out just before it. Won't all right, it? then I'm, I'll promote it right now. <laughs> When We Die, We Die, that's the name of the song, is out 30th of November, Honey Motel, um, go on Instagram and pre-save it, you can get to Honey Motel Instagram from Empty Space in Between, quite easy, I think, you can go on one of mine or Ryan's profiles, we'll have probably tag- tagged it somewhere, and yeah, shout out to everyone who, a thousand people that watched this last night at the O2 Academy with Sundara, it was a good gig. Right, enough about you. Not fed, about up, me. fed up for talking to you. So, um, joining us today for episode 33, thank you very much for your time, is Dr. Ivan G. Is that how you pronounce yep. it? Yep. <laughs> now, the only reason I ask Thanks, is um, we had, so Anya, who came on last time, we mispronounced the name. We were saying right. Anya, like a scouse thing, and her. Anya. <laughs> Go on, yeah. and Anya. And her partner, uh, Chris Kavanagh. We were saying Cavana. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she corrected us and we were like, well, we feel terrible. Yeah. So we apologise. <laughs> we, apolog- we, like we had to do an apology. Public apology. No, yeah. you're fine with mine. That's no problem. So, so uh, how have you been? How, Good. how are we? Yeah, yeah. Pretty busy at the moment. Busy. I can imagine. Bit, bit of a new role. Um, so work, what have you moved into? Well, I'm, I'm now sort of more on the sort of managerial side of heading up some of our masters and undergraduate programs in public health so it takes up a lot of time i imagine so yeah a lot more administration yeah more than yeah. i thought yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm regretting my decisions <laughs> just sitting there looking at the mound paperwork, you're like ah yes this is stressful but before we carry on then what kind of how would you describe yourself so we obviously we found you on the ljmu website for research so how do you describe yourself and kind of what areas do you research in? Well, I guess I'd describe myself as yeah, an academic who likes teaching, but also likes doing research yeah. and wants to do that research. And um, I'm always been interested in the environment and the impact on health. And that's what sort of led me into where I am. Um, and yeah, the sort of the research stuff that I've done has ended up focusing on that, on what the environmental impacts on health, air pollution, tobacco smoke, vaping. So those are things I like to like to explore. Nice. Right, so before we get into... I keep saying before we. I always do. Mm. Right, so before we do it, I need to change it. I need to become more professional. What do you need to say? I don't know. Yeah. But you know when you hear people who are just like, good. <laughs> good at podcasting? Yeah. yeah, I'll think of a better catchphrase. You, know, the... you think of that and we'll get into it. You can use it on the next one. Okay. Before we get into like your research and stuff, we like to like break the ice and we ask like free okay. highbrow in brackets, silly questions, yeah. just to get to know you a bit better. So the first one we always ask, we've asked everyone this, mm. is what is your favourite sandwich? And we judge heavily. If you pick something bad, man. Well, I think, you know what, it's it's a really sort of traditional, uh, I really like a BLT. I've always oh, liked, you, you, can't go wrong. Like, you really can't go wrong with you know, it. it. 
I mean, public health is not very good for you, <laughs> you especially <laughs> yeah. if you have too many of them. But as an occasional treat, yeah, it's, really, it's good for really the minds nice. when you haven't yeah. had it in a while. It releases those good endorphins, and you feel happy. Exactly, yeah. toasted bread or normal or bread. Or normal bread, brown bread. Just a yeah, yeah. I like. You know what? You can't complain with that. Brown to get the fiber in. Don't yeah. want that pointless yeah, fiber in the white. Then. Yeah, yeah. It makes it. Yeah, everything's sold <laughs> with brown bread. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that, the whole Weight Watchers thing. Yeah, brown bread, brown yeah, rice. Yeah, brown bread solved problems. Rice. There'd be no one else overweight. I remember twenty years ago, like the brown bread phase come in, and like yeah. your nana before some brown bread because it was healthy. And you're thinking, I'm sure eight slices of brown bread is still bad for you. Nana. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. Still spikes your glucose, nana. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the magic bullet you think it is now. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, it's brown. It's healthy, lads. You've had your yeah. John Brown this morning. Oh, you've done well then. Yeah. But she'll still use like full fat lurpat butter. Exactly. Yeah. So the next question we ask okay. everyone, it's the standard question everyone asks. Three people dead or alive. Yeah. Who for a dinner party? So I had a bit of a think about this one actually, and I'll change my one person I'd really like to to meet, it's a bit of a weird one. He's a Victorian a chap called Joseph Bazaljet. And I'd, I'd, partly it's because he's got a great name <laughs> yeah it's just the name yeah. alone and, and he probably had one of these moustaches <laughs> yes. so I'd like to sort of see that and meet that but he was a sort of he's a sort of public health hero because he sort of sorted out sewage ah. was, he the, was he the London. guy with the who discovered no, no cholera with the water pump no that's that a John guy? Snow that's right, a different right, one right. who I guess a lot of public health people would say who would they want to meet John Snow and I yeah. probably would like to meet him Yeah. but Basil Jett is a bit of an unsung hero he he took London's disgusting crap. on the ground yeah. <laughs> and was very ahead of his time in the engineering he used to sort of channel that away. Yeah, and, so and literally it. took its crap and moved it. Yeah, and I think he'd have a lot of interesting stuff to say about our sewage problem that we've got now. Yeah, imagine and, dropping him off today and just yeah. being like, yeah. so what, how, to, how do we better move yeah. this crap? So what do we exactly. do, Basil Jet? is we just put it in the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've not really come much further than that, yeah. as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what he got us away from doing. Did, is it, yeah? Well, yeah, no, he built London Sewers Network and, you know, and he did cunning things like build them in a teardrop shape so that when the flow's not very fast and it's quite slow it still is running quite fast at the bottom of the teardrop so it's still got wow. quite a wow. decent speed even though there's not a lot of volume so he did yeah. lots of things just simple things like that, that. Yeah, I love that yeah. which is going to just fill up at the bottom I love, yeah. I love like the ingenuity way. that goes into like, like I would, like I would for thousands of years not get past a circular pipe no, I'd yeah. be like, no, never was a thing of the team. Yeah, so well, nobody would have done that. No, yeah. right, we really yeah. need to move away from circle. Why are we doing that? I'd be like, square. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make it worse. <laughs> let's, yeah. do an, let's do a triangle upside yeah. down. Have we considered <laughs> no pipes? <laughs> yeah. So there's number one. Who'd number be number one. two? Number two, I would at the moment, I'd really like to sit down with Keir Starmer. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm quite left leaning, and, you know, I'd like to know. Are you just being really cautious, or do oh, you have it, a, some other ideas? Yeah. He, really he, he doesn't to tend to say much, does he? Yeah, he's quite. He seems to be feeling road, like he's he? holding everything quite close and being very careful. What I'm hoping is, is he's not saying a lot because he doesn't have to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. My, yeah. I think if he keeps not saying a lot, is the election next year or the year after when we yeah. actually have to do one? Probably some point next year. Yeah. yeah. I think if he's still quiet, then then I'm concerned. But for now. Yeah. They're just destroying themselves, aren't they? The, he just seems to... That's true, yeah. He doesn't have to work very hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to work very hard to oppose them because they do it themselves. Yeah. But he just seems a bit like... Like, like Jezza was like... Um, 
I don't know, we had like a character, didn't he? There was a yeah. character there. And even Boris, like, mm-hmm. there's the characters there. They're, they're like the arch opposites, aren't they? Yeah. But for Keir, it's just a bit like, I don't know, a leader to me has something else with them. I tell you what, though. And it's just like, where's the, hmm. where's, like, where's the charisma, like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you Perhaps. need to win people over, don't you? But have we had a bit too much of... Charisma, loud. yeah, that's the other well, argument, that's what I'm hoping. isn't it? Yeah, 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 you know, we ha- we've had a lot of charisma, and it's, well, that's it's what only people got are saying. So far. Yeah. No, that's totally <laughs> right as we well. Do with mm. a bit more grown-up sort of stuff. Yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah, get so, to the bottom of Keir Starmer. Okay, so we've got Keir Starmer, and we've got the first guy was Joseph Bazalgette. 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 Jesus Christ, that's his surname's amazing. Bazalgette. He needs to be a rock star. You have to change your name. Bazalgette. Sam Bazalgette. And then the third and final person to top it off. I, at one point, I was I was thinking, yeah, somebody else talked about um, um, David Attenborough, and that would be a really cool choice. I'd be really interested in that. But a more personal one is Lance Armstrong. So okay. he was the, you know, Tour de France winner many times over. One of my sort of boyhood heroes. I yeah. watched him riding the Tour de France winning. And then was gutted, of course, when he, he got caught, turns out to yeah. be a massive cheat. Did he get, caught? <laughs> yeah. did he get uh, caught or did he just admit it? Or was it well, did he admit the, it because he got caught? He got admitted because he got caught. Both, yeah. Wasn't yeah. it like testing and developed and they went back and tested old samples and they were like, wow, it's actually Yeah, really and riddled. there was some people owned up and yeah. said, actually, there's all this stuff going on on that team. You know, so yeah. why exactly? They've got bags of blood and stuff in the back and things. Are you a cyclist across. yourself then? So I've, I've always been a keen cyclist. I'm yeah. not on anywhere near. Hobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really cyclist. But yeah, so he was, uh, you know, he was someone that I thought was fantastic and he partly why I was interested in cycling and I'd watch it on the telly. And But he was a character. I mean, take, but obviously he, he cheated, yeah. but he was almost like an MJ, you know, Muhammad mm. Ali figure when he was that large yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. was, he was like a, you know, a proper competitor, wasn't he? Yeah. Like his, some of his quotes are still, I mean, yeah. they've obviously been dampened a little bit by his, but I get what you're saying. Like well, he I'd was like inspiration. To, I'd like to find out why he did it and what the pressures were and, you know. Yeah, like what was forced the, him to go yeah, down that was it just purely route? naked ambition or was there sort of like, well, I've just got to do this because everybody is doing it. Yeah. I'd probably lean towards that. Probably if he's thinking everyone else is doing it and if mm. I don't, I won't be able to. It's the, like that. Yes. That like um, anxiety of a fight. I don't want to get left in. behind. Yeah. I, I won't win. Because he had this great story of you know he got cancer, came back from Come cancer, back after cancer didn't won he, yeah? tours again, and and maybe that's partly what pushed him if he wasn't already doing the drugs, which he might have been. Yeah, yeah. well that's fascinating. Yeah. That that's a great three that, and it's very different as well from the the traditional type of answer we get. I think. That yeah, some like people usually go like one. comedian, actor, scientist, you know, like three very yeah. different okay, angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like they they can, just sort of bit personal. Yeah, they follow, yeah, yeah. they follow a kind of methodology. No, but I like that one. I like it too. Good. And the final one we ask before we get into the main meat of the episode is what's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> You'll never go back. If someone offers <laughs> you yeah, a million, million tomorrow, you go, no thanks, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. I'm a, it's, I haven't had that many jobs. To, okay. be, yeah. to be really honest, I know I'm, I'm sort of like, went to uni, quite liked at university, did a master's, did a PhD. So just hopped off. Stayed in the university. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've never, never really hopped off. I mean, I've had jobs around the side. So my worst job is actually my PhD. Yeah. I'm class that yeah. as a job. And it was awful in some ways because of the subject I was doing. So, and the practicalities of it. I was looking at um, taking waste materials. Yeah. One of which was sewage sludge. And then working with that to try and carbonize it and make it into a useful sort of adsorbent that you could use to absorb pollution yeah, yeah all that side of it was great but it was just 
we have to go and collect lots of sewage sludge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a literally old pick up shite. Yeah, yeah. From several different yeah. you know, wastewater treatment plants around the country. Oh, and, you know, so our road trips weren't that exciting. We come back with canister this stuff. And that was and some of it was raw sludge, which is the stuff before it's been through the Processed sort of digestion process. So it's sort of like literally a bit horrible. potent. Very potent. <laughs> but then we had to sterilise it and we used to do that in this lab. Um, with an autoclave, so it's like a massive pressure cooker, really. And, you know, so that made it safe, and you'd think it'd make it sort of smell better, but it just made it smell different and... Funky. Awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, funky. But, but still yeah, the same... It stank out the lab, yeah. and we had to install pipes up to the Once you sterilise it, it's left. It's still shite, but it's not quite shite now. Yeah. It's funky yeah. shite. Funky <laughs> shite. A terrible 70s band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some punk band yeah. from the 70s. That was, it's funky, but it's shite, you know what I mean? It's funky shite. Yeah. No, I like it. But oh, you, yeah, you literally, uh, in your PhD, the field work was collecting waste. Yeah. 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 yeah People yeah. think, oh, glamorous scientist. Afraid not. not yeah. Mine, yeah. You were in a fancy yeah. lab doing <laughs> fancy stuff. And we, oh. Then we got it back to the lab, and when we did, it did started stuff with yeah. it, you know. But then I remember lots of, a lot of pipetting. So we'd oh. make this carbon, <laughs> and then we'd have to test it. With lots of different like solutions of, yeah. of pollution. Was like, there much borking going on? on and the stuff to just... So that was just hard work. Yeah. I'd have got a mask with an air freshener in the front of me or something. Just <laughs> left it like that. Oh, it didn't smell bad then. That was all right was by all then. Yeah. Once you'd got it carbonised, it was fine. But it was then just like thousands of Loads bottles of, those of jars plugs that you'd in had the to labs. weigh out just and then pipette liquids into all by hand. It was yeah. like... So you wouldn't go back to doing that field work? No. It no. took me ages. <laughs> yeah. Partly for that reason, I got interested. It's when I got interested in air pollution. Yeah. It was yeah, sort of yeah. like bit of a deviation Put from, out of it. from I suppose that, that's a natural question then in to what we normally ask because what we ask after this kind of section is like how you got into your field see so it's like you said it's like environmental pollution mm. and then like smoking vaping and stuff so yeah. I suppose that's like a natural segue then into mm. how you went from your PhD into that so did you go into like a postdoc from your PhD in like environmental yeah effects? so I got um, it was called a research officer job then which was a type of post office a low level postdoc position um, and that was before I'd finished the PhD, but then I was then working on this air quality stuff. On so the basically, side, sort of overlapped. My professor, one of his other interests was air quality, and 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 particularly indoors. And um, he had some consultancy work going. So you know, so this was paid work. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. not going to say no to that, <laughs> exactly, are you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it involved a bit of travel, so we were able to go to other countries, sample some air pollution, measure that, bring it back to the lab do some testing yeah. on 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 the pollution levels and yeah that was a lot more interesting than my phd i can imagine and yeah. it earned a bit of money so that winner winner made the phd yeah. sort of take so what's what was like kind of the main aims of that type of research in like measuring air pollution like what were you trying to find from that so, so that particular set of projects the the concern at the time this is way back in the sort of like early 90s um one of the concerns at the time was what's the shift to unleaded fuel going to do? So if we move to unleaded fuels, are we then going to see a change in fuel composition that then just means we get a whole different bunch of pollutants out the back of the out the back of the exhaust? So we'll get rid of the lead, yeah. which was a major health problem and needed sorting. All other types of bits and bobs that are going to cause other problems. Yeah. yeah, so one of the worries was you might start putting in more benzenes and things like that that would then come out of exhaust 
and the carcinogens and are then going to cause yeah. cause pollution problems. So we were going to various countries that had different fuel compositions to sort of see what were the levels of pollution and whether that affected it. Brilliant. Wow. That's quite that's so good. So what would be, was there any research then on the back of that, like what would the different types of like hydrocarbon stuff in the air what causes that I had on humans or was was that kind of where your research stopped or did you go further no there was already sort of good information understanding about yeah what hydrocarbons were problematical in in the air yeah um so things like benzene things like formaldehyde and some of these sort of carcinogenic pollutants was another one that we looked at one three butadiene which was again something that you find in exhaust and the, the worry was that, yeah, check, mucking about the fuel composition is going to result in more of those. And we know those are harmful. Ah, right. Okay. So it was yeah. just kind of measuring. So what did you find then? What was the... So we found that, yeah, that, that, that as you started to change the fuel composition, a lot of the ways refineries were doing that was to increase the proportion of fuel that was then susceptible to creating things like yeah, benzene yeah. Mm. in the exhaust. And that if you weren't using some of the more, I suppose you called it, sophisticated or expensive refining techniques uh, which we were doing in Europe but which they weren't say doing in India South America or yeah, India yeah. or yeah countries like that then you might end up with yeah increased levels ah, of those pollutants that's so interesting so, so oh so go on I was just going to say when you mentioned carcinogenics so when there's an increased level of those pollutants you see increased levels of certain cancers then do you in in those countries you said that or is that correlation not so clear we would we weren't able to sort of show that no because it's it's small numbers yeah so yeah. with with some of these carcinogens you're talking things like leukemia they're not that common they're not that yeah. prevalent so you're not going to see a massive change in uptick or but we yeah. know that if you increase the levels of those pollutants in the air then you will see some yeah. increase yeah. is that still kind of the case nowadays then or is it kind of changed a bit more improved i mean yeah no vehicles are very different now to how they were back in the and 90s they were like more cleaner they're efficient. just a lot cleaner and more efficient so the emissions that come off a, a modern car i don't know are probably don't home into the figures maybe 20 times maybe more um sort of efficient and cleaner than, wow. than the 90s. coming in, in the 90s and, and if you go back further than that yeah. it's even more so yeah they've cleaned up tremendously and things like the catalytic converters that we've got in them now you know mop up a good a good chunk of the emissions well this yeah. this is proper left field and like not what we had on the question at all but mm. it just came to me so like a few maybe months ago now we've been going a long time doing this yeah man but yeah. so a couple of months ago, <laughs> we're nearly dead that's your famous <laughs> phrase so uh, we've been going we've been got that's not where i wanted to go we did an episode a few months ago it was kind of about electric cars and sustainability on okay. them so it so just like came to me while we're on cars because you do a lot of work with is it sustainability as well i'm interested in that yeah, yeah, yeah. so one of the things we got onto was there's this kind of popular idea floating around that between whether it's good to just buy an electric car, get rid of your old car, hmm. or keep your old car going and stop a new car getting built. Yeah. To that old question, kind of what is... So we kind of found that there's a crossover point. Yeah. Is that kind of like, what, where would you stand on that? Where would you weigh in, uh, I suppose? I mean, it depends on the emissions that you're worried about. I think right. that's the key thing. So if you're worried about the sort of climate change emissions, your CO2 emissions, etc., you know, then, yeah, there's a, a more of an argument about that sort of life cycle of the product. Yeah. Mm. You're putting a lot of energy into building the car and therefore CO2 emissions coming out of the building of it, of a new electric car. 
and then in that situation maybe it's better to hold on to your old car even if it is a diesel but when you're talking about if you like toxic air pollutions that are going to do immediate damage to people's health then electric cars are obviously the winner are obviously yeah the winner but yeah there's this problem with with that's sort of balance off, with the thing, CO2. Yeah. You've got these air pollution definite gain, but how much are we worried about? And that's the CO2 such emissions? an interesting point because in all the research we did for that episode and since, I've never seen that kind of like mm. reasoning put for. It's always yeah, it's like it's better or it's worse. It, but obviously, nothing in life is, is ever that kind of Not dichotomous. Really that simple, yeah. yeah. No, but it, yeah. So it's such an interesting thing. Like obviously. It depends. And it, yeah. yeah. And we're it's looking at it as well, like most electric cars are fueled through coal. Well, yeah, especially. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like well, there's more gas, but yeah. Well, yeah, more yeah. gas is yeah, but it, but it's still a fossil fossil, fossil fuel power. Yeah. I mean, we're getting we're getting better. I mean, I think about it's nearly fifty percent or about fifty percent of our fuel is coming from. Um, oh, so we've got it that low. Renewables and nuclear and biomass. You put all those together. Oh wow! It's about okay. Fifty percent. I know it's that high. Most of the rest is 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 gas, but it yeah. is coming down. Yeah, because yeah, I suppose twenty years ago it would have been like ninety percent fossil fuel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. easy. Oh, wow. So uh, should we get onto the vaping? Yeah. Well, so you obviously working air pollution. So when did your research move on to like tobacco vaping? Is that more recently? No, that's been that's been quite a long time. Part of the work that we were doing in other countries as well wasn't just looking at the um, the vehicle emissions. There was also some interest in indoor air quality at the time. So when we were in South America and places like yeah. that, measuring air pollutants outdoors, we also did quite a lot of work in restaurants <laughs> where we would go to restaurants. And while we had our air pollution monitor monitoring outside, we would have some food, <laughs> measure indoors as well. And we were interested in, in tobacco smoke. Right, indoors, okay. as it was, you know, and mm. how much that was sort of transmitted around the environment, what the levels were yeah. in different countries, and because we saw from your profile uh, when we were researching it yeah, that you did. had a, an impact on the was it the two thousand and seven yeah. legislation in the UK was that yeah. the way ban smoking indoors exactly yes. yeah so how did that come about like influencing that type of thing so when I was uh, at Manchester Met um, I was interested already got interested in tobacco smoke and we'd already been doing some of that work and at the time there was this big sort of debate and it was in the houses of commons and things they were debating do we just have a sort of like blanket ban on smoking in public places or do we have sort of hybrid situations where they were suggesting pub the different types of pubs and they'd be labelled differently for customers. Like a smoking pub. This is a smoking pub where smoking is allowed in everywhere. A pub or something exactly, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Smoking room. Or is this a pub with a fancy ventilation system and then you could choose where you went? Yeah. And But there was no evidence about whether any of those solutions made any difference. So, like, passive. Yeah, so it was just people throwing out ideas <laughs> yeah. with no kind of. With not a lot of evidence. Yeah. So, we did some work where we had a PhD student who would go around pubs. I'm in the wrong place here. <laughs> you you were collecting waste. We're sitting at a computer <laughs> twiddling our thumbs and this guy was going around pubs. Yeah. Imagine trying to I have to say that. Yeah, she didn't have a consumables budget, put it that way. So, so ah, we didn't pay so for the beer. I'll have her own stipend, she had to get her own pints. Exactly. You know what? It's a it's a it's a trade-off, I'll yeah. take it. Been fuming. Imagine saying yeah. that to your partner though. I've got to go to the pub again. That's fourteen <laughs> times in two weeks. Yeah. Science. Yeah. 
you, you will be not. Na- you'd be dead by I the end of your PhD. I actually think I'd be dead. Probably you would not got through the PhD. <laughs> We've killed Ryan yeah. doing a PhD. Yeah. He lives on through his research that he never finished. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good. So, um, so what we did is we had these. We built these these kits. They were very homemade out of sort of toolboxes that we yeah. put these pumps in mm. and various filters and absorbents to collect tobacco smoke. And we put those behind the bar and in the bar and in any non-smoking rooms that they had. And we would make, we did that in a whole bunch of pubs and were able really to show that having a non-smoking area made very little difference because to the of level the transmission of, of the smoke. It just, it's so mobile. In Over the yeah. a few hours it ends up being everywhere. The, the, the particles get everywhere the nicotine didn't travel as far because that get, that's, gets absorbed to everything <laughs> that's what made yeah. your clothes smell and yeah. all of that yeah. you know in wallpapers the sort of go yellow pubs. don't they exactly yeah. have, sorry before have you seen those like famous pictures of like smoking areas in um at airports mm. you've seen it and like, it's like a glass pane and you and like they take a picture of the roof and it's you know, like that white panel yeah and you can see how it's like like just pure white and then as soon as it goes in the room it's like a dark yellow oh, lad, it's I, crazy when it? i was when i was yeah. working on building sites years ago in my summers and that you could tell a smoker's house yeah. from a non-smoker's house just because of the color of the, the wall the, the, you'd rip the wallpapers and yeah. like there'd be stains on the wall yeah. You know, like of, of like, what is it? Is the nicotine last thing? It's not just the nicotine. It? There's a whole bunch of other sort of semi-volatile compounds that are there as sort of aerosol droplets, often in yeah, or or as vapor at first, and then they condense onto anything. Yeah, and and literally damage the walls. Yeah, well, well, sort if, of tar. if a standard wall needs two or three coats, it'd be four. You know, to like to <laughs> exactly. literally get rid of the stains. Yeah, so especially if you were trying to like go with a light color on top of these like oh, yellowish stains, you'd have to. Yeah, anyway. Well, it'd probably be really hydrophobic, so it would probably sort of stop the paint sticking because yeah, it's so no, oily. Yeah, no, you'd have problems yeah. like that. You'd, be, you'd be scraping or sanding it all off. It'd be, yeah, yeah it sounds that, like a That put me off from a young age. It's like, I don't want to smoke. <laughs> my house yeah, will be ruined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, nothing about you. Yeah. I don't care about me. Me wall had the decorating <laughs> bill through the roof at 16. <laughs> so you've, you've put these things in different rooms, found no difference really. The smoke still travels. Yeah. And still. So that was, that was sort of, you know, evidence that, these sorts of ideas weren't going to make a Getting big difference. Getting tossed about on you needed to do something it needed to more be, sort of drastic. Yeah, it needed to be no smoke, basically. Or, yeah. kind of, as you were saying, maybe an alternative as well, this is a smoking place. Because you can get them, can't you? I mean, the, the the trouble with the just smoking place was, and I think this is why the, the ban was eventually put in, was that it doesn't help the staff. So people still got to work uh, in right. that environment. And oh, so then, yeah, you'd only, you'd only be able to hire smokers, essentially, if... Yeah. If you wanted to keep it like yeah. moral, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even that's sort of immoral because you're then encouraging that something that you know is unhealthy. So yeah. as an yeah. employer, what's your duty of care or whatever? You know. So did that study then with the, with the student directly impact the decision on, on what was made? And obviously, yeah. other evidence would have been taken. Yeah. So account. policymakers were interested in that and 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 interested in that lack of impact of some of these some of these solutions yeah because wow. me and you were talking then because the, the Rishi Sunak's just brought in the mm-hmm. under 14 smoke-free generation, the smoke-free generation sort yeah. of discussion um, what, what's your take on have you had any impact on that have you spoke to people who have had impact on it has it been more something you know what, what's your take I mean that it's it's come out of the the Khan review which was commissioned by the government to sort of look at smoking solutions and and See, that's something that the government's picked up on. Yeah. I, I didn't feed sort of 
directly into that but I, I know people and I've spoken to people in local authorities etc very strongly sort of pushed for this and yeah there's been knocking around for a few quite a while now this idea of well, how do we push smoking rates down that last little bit you know at the moment they may be about 14 percent but how do we get it's already it down dropped to, a lot hasn't it oh hugely yeah. you know if you think back to the First 70s. World War, oh, or yeah. everybody smoked in the, the 70s, you know. Wasn't it 60% the First World War, like, it was like a key essential, they shipped cigarettes out to like everyone yeah. in the trenches. And that's probably why mm. when you're saying then, you could still have, I suppose, a pub, which would open, say, we're a smoking pub, mm. but they'd lose loads of business because most people, even if they're drinkers, they don't smoke yeah, anymore. Yeah. Not now. No. Yeah, so yeah. like, no, they wouldn't have, go th- in it. Things have changed a which lot. Which is ironic, yeah. they'll, they go and get bladdered, but they don't want to go in to get the smoke, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, no, no, we've, we've, I mean, when, when that research was going on, I don't know, smoking rates maybe, what, 25, 30%? Yeah. You know, so that's sort of almost half. So, I suppose then, because they're making, like, this cut on the, on the cigarette side cutting that down a natural question people have because you do work as well with like alcohol related things yep, as well so a natural question people have is what is the difference then like so to say if someone mm. said why don't we have a drink free generation yeah is that kind of is there more kind of I'm trying to think of the ways to phrase it why do you pick cigarettes you're trying to say yeah, yeah. Like, why, why are they the yeah, bad guy why, that's exactly what I'm trying to say thank you sir I mean there's a couple of answers to that one is that I suppose most people would say they are still our biggest cause of preventable death. So if but you look is it at that the, by like a, a big way, not as much as it used to be because we've come cut down, smoking yeah. down so much. But there's still a sort of legacy of of, of effects still coming through the system mm-hmm. yeah. um, of people who used to smoke. Um, so, but it still remains our largest source of preventable death and outstrips alcohol deaths, etc. So it's bigger than that. I think the other reason. Is is a, a bit more of a moral one. Smoking, we know, will cause mortality in about fifty percent of people that use it as advertised. If you like, so if yeah. you yeah. if you use the product as you're supposed to do, it's going to kill about fifty percent of people. That if you use smoke it. twenty a day, if, basically. If you smoke regularly yeah. over a lifetime, you know, oh yeah, so not as a little occasion. Yeah, because like obviously there's a safe amount of. I mean, there's well, obviously not, but I mean... We don't know exactly what level of alcohol is safe, but yeah, it doesn't kill 50% of people who drink alcohol. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, through their lifetimes. You know, so we're sat here drinking some now. Well, and, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm pretty confident it is not... I haven't got a 50% chance of dying because I've, I've, I've consumed that's, alcohol all my that's life. That's quite a wild stat, to be fair. And it's quite, um, what's the word? Convincing, I think mm-hmm. is the word I'm trying Cause to Because we had to... Because I've got a bit of a weird take on it, um, Ivan... I kind of don't agree with it because hmm. I just think it's like I 100% get the science of it. I've come from a science background, hmm. but like the way to convince people to not do something isn't to ban it in my eyes. It's like, it's I suppose it'd be like gambling's a big problem. Yeah. So we just ban gambling. Yeah. And if I know gambling, um, debts aren't like high mm-hmm. and it's a different ball game. It's to do with getting into debt. People do get into issues with it or drinking, for example. But like for me, it's like if someone wants to smoke as long I fully accept the pub one yeah, yeah. and indoors because you are affecting people. other people yeah. as soon as you impact other people hospital anything else okay no you can't do that now the same way there's a speed limit not because we don't want to stop you going 100 mile an hour but if you go with them speeds you might kill someone else mm-hmm. and they had nothing to do with that they didn't want to go that fast yeah. um, but like we're sort of stopping a generation 
in through my eyes having a bit like a free will if you like it's like yeah. it's bad free will it's not something i'd recommend they do i yeah. don't I, I don't smoke myself but if a 13 year old wants to pick up a cigarette and smoke mm. hopefully we've educated them where we're like please don't do it it's bad for you but it's a free country if you yeah. really want to do it you can i mean that is that is an argument against it you know i accept that and i sort of i do agree with that yeah but it's just a point yeah it's just this i think it's about trying to effectively we're trying to sort of stop the next generation becoming addicted to cigarettes yeah when we know it's harmful for a large proportion of people that end up taking it up and it is so hard to give up you know yeah. smokers find it incredibly difficult to give up super addictive you know so if you can stop children becoming addicted then you know and one way yeah. is to make it difficult for them to get cigarettes yeah. and it's not it's not perhaps fair to call it a ban in the sense of they still can smoke. It's if somebody gives them a cigarette, it's not illegal that, to smoke yeah. it. They're not allowed to buy them. Yeah. At above, you know, at that certain age, if you're born after that that particular cut. So off. I suppose then a natural question we came on to as again. So when did your research on vaping kind of come into it? Because then I think the question follow what we got from that why not is, buy, is around buy, buying a vape. Essentially. So what precisely for those reasons? So once you know, I was interested in tobacco and interested in the effect it was having people and how people quit and then you started to see these e-cigarettes come onto the sort of market in the yeah. sort of mid mid to late 2000s and it's never heard of these what are these things <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 what are they like and and are they a positive thing or are they a negative thing and that just became a very interesting thing to just like to an explore. extension of, of what, what you were already involved exactly, in yeah so then, naturally, is this a positive or a negative thing? <laughs> it, it depends on who you are. So I think if you're a smoker, then yes, vapes are definitely a positive thing. It, by far, um, smoking is going to more be dangerous. much more dangerous than, than vaping. We know the various carcinogenic and cardiovascular problems, you know, heart disease, strokes, all these sorts of things are massively increased with, with tobacco. Um, but with nicotine and vaping, we know that the risks will be much lower. Because I was watching a, it's on Netflix, you know the company Juul? Yes. Are you familiar with their rise and fall, as yeah. it were? That was that, it, was an, it was an interesting watch as such because it was, they kind of showed that, as you say, it's not healthy, but for cigarette-like mm. smokes, it was good. But then they also made the point that it was a very easy tool to get children who yeah. weren't necessarily picking up tobacco cigarettes getting into vaping mm. because it's a much more appealing thing yeah that, the whole the whole situation in the states and the uk has been and europe has been completely different so in in america it's a much more unregulated environment you know you could buy jewel and similar devices and the strengths of the nicotine aren't controlled so they're much stronger mm. devices and therefore more addictive and yeah America saw a big surge in that's youth what, vaping that that's we what, didn't really see till that's now. what people were saying wasn't it they were like with the jewels well the common thing was this is the best thing I've ever had since a cigarette because mm. the delivery was, was just, strong yeah it was like insane I just every what worries me is obviously People, especially the younger generation, no one has a cigarette in their hands. You won't find mm. an eighteen-year-old with oh, a cigarette. Mate. It's such a like, 
yeah. you know, older generation thing. You go down a pub, you might see, you know, an, an older gentleman or lady in the smoking area with a cigarette. Mm. But about 80% just a random, like, what I think She's I'm seeing when I'm walking around. About 80% on a night out mm. of yeah. younger people have vapes. So yeah. when did that... And they're, they're, they won't, like, they are every second. One of the big differences is you don't smoke, like... A, a cigarette constantly. People smoke too. vapes, con- like, and they, they're constantly yeah. got it in the mouth. And I wonder, is the things which we just don't know about vapes, in your opinion, hmm. um, Ivan, that in 10, 20 years, we're going to be like, same way we were with cigarettes, we were just like, wow, we didn't know this is what yeah. was going to happen. I'm, I'm fairly hopeful. I won't say confident, but hopeful. Because <laughs> there's a lot of young people. If, if something bad does come, yeah. there's a lot of young people who are addicted to it. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful and, and that it will be a lot less harmful than, than cigarettes. cigarettes. Mm. You know, there are things potentially in, in e-cigarettes, in vapes, that might be concerning. You know, there's flavourings. We, we know that they're fine as food additives because yeah. that's what they but mostly what happens are when you heat them but when you heat them up and inhale them into your lungs yeah we don't really know and there's possibilities and there's been some research that suggests that some of those products might be carcinogenic or might have other impacts but the concentrations are going to be quite yeah. low the exposures are less people people vape very intensively often when they're doing it but they don't do it all day and that when regulated. they put it down, it's down for a few hours type thing. Yeah, or days, or weeks. Yeah. It's not as addictive as, as cigarettes. So, you know, young people, they'll, they'll, they'll use them a lot on a night out, perhaps. But then they won't necessarily come back to them. Yeah. Oh, is the evidence point towards that? Like, they'll have a week break? I think break sort of and... circumstantial, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's an area we need to look at a bit more, yeah. is how intensively do people use Because maybe that's, as you say, maybe I've just when I do mainly bump into vapes, it is mm. down the pub on a night yeah, out yeah. and around restaurants and that, yeah. and people are using them intensive, intensively. But as you say, maybe during the week, yeah. it's something they put down for five yeah. days. Well, like a cigarette. I, mean, I think an ex-smoker might well use them a lot yeah. every day. Because that, it, replaces it replaces that kind that, of... That need, yeah. And it is a need. It's, it's a craving. So it's really back intensive, yeah. Like something you said before then, how like the US and Europe, mm. the EU and us are different. Um, like how did we then because obviously our youth kind of epidemic it's mm. a word to it took off later than theirs how did that ha- like how did that come about like what was the difference there I for, think it, it's, for it to still happen well, yeah I mean it, it, it's these disposable cheap disposable vapes that have come on the market in the last few years um, that have transformed access if you like to mm. to to e-cigarettes and, and like, before they were uncool sort of tanks huge things people, you know. yeah, people used to like dish them didn't they and be like oh i wouldn't be caught yeah. smoking one of them yeah. like if you went to the vape shop and got a little bit of liquid you were like you are a gimp yeah yeah like people didn't... <laughs> like, you are a weird like what are you doing well then big things yeah. whereas now as you say the amount of flavors the colors themselves yeah people accessorize their vape to their outfit and stuff like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's insane so i think there's all and it's just become a bit of a cool trend and you know there's sort of like various brands and things have got yeah. a name and it's just run off and hopefully maybe it'll be like a lot of a lot of sort of teenage trends youth trends it, it will peak and, yeah. and, and and trough a bit because it's the, it's like the, the monkeys 
The what? <laughs> the monkeys. The monkeys. Yeah. The band man in the 60s oh. who rivaled the Beatles, but like they died unlike the Beatles. Yeah. I did not get that reference. Sorry, I, I thought you were on about the Arctic monkeys. I was sorry. like, and like, then I was like, yeah, they get it. And then you went the 60s, and I was like, not a chance. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> I was thinking of spinners. Do you remember those? Spinners. Oh, the spinners. <laughs> <laughs> they were crazy for a while. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it'll be like spinners. Come and go <laughs> in a blink of an eye. So is the regulation not as strong then in the UK on vapes compared to like tobacco cigarettes? No, it's not at the moment. And and I think that's that's where there's a lot of argument. So within public health there's a massive sort of argument about about e cigarettes. Big chunks of public health sort of hate them and think they're terrible and they're awful. Other people are more supportive of them and think, no, they're really helpful for people to give up smoking and that we mustn't sort of throw the baby away with a bathwater type idea. Mm. But, um, sorry, I forgot what the question was then. The regulation. The regulation, Regulation, yeah. So the regulation is, is, is less severe. You know, for example, cigarettes have to be behind a sort of, you You can't can't display them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, vapes you can display them so that makes it more accessible and attractive to kids you know we have banned advertising you, you, you know, originally you could get vape adverts on tv and on on things that did get banned but it took a bit longer mm-hmm. um so there's, there's 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 a few there's a few differences is the less it seems I'm, I'm not a smoker so i don't go looking in vape aisles but as you say, smoking's behind the barrier. Mm. And then when they open the barrier, there's all these red signs saying, don't, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. These are bad. Is it a bit more like alcohol where it's less, don't buy me? Is vaping a bit more in the store? I'm not sure. I've never, sh- you know, the way you buy alcohol, it might have a few signs saying, like, don't overdrink, be over 18. But there's no, like, big signs saying, like, You're gonna alcohol die. will damage your liver type yeah. thing, whereas on cigarettes, there is. Yeah, there's nothing like that yet. There's no With real vapes, sort yeah. of, like, um, enforced promotion of a sort of like yeah. be careful around vapes yeah. message is, yeah. is there any evidence with vapes potentially because what we tend to see is like people putting up that they have health complications or whatever mm. is there any evidence with vapes that they cause certain diseases different types of diseases that we may, may say from cigarettes or mm. is it kind of not not enough evidence yet not enough evidence yet and and I, and I even hesitate to say yet because we, we've had we've had e-cigarettes for quite a long time 20 really. years Pretty much, I think they first invented in 2003. So, I mean, they've not got popular until the last sort of 10 years. Mm. But we've got sort of 10, 15 years of quite a lot of people using them. If there was a massive health impact from using them, we probably would have started to have seen it. So it's not going to be huge, but there might be some underlying things that we haven't picked up on yet that would be longer term. Yeah, because we had like little... Like I, pay, I mean, it was, this was just a, a personal experience of someone that I knew. Um, ended up with mouth cancer. Mm. Like the roof of the mouth. Yeah, it's horrible. And he was only 30 years old and he was convinced he'd been smoking a vape since he was 18. Right. He was convinced it was the vape. Mm. Um, but I'd, I'd, yeah, it was just anti-dotal. Could have been. It's could unlikely. Yeah. It, it, but it could be. It, but it's unlikely. It's but unlikely. It could have been something else. You know, non-smokers do get oral cancers a lot of oral cancers are smokers but but not all of them it's the same with lung cancer smoking's by far the biggest cause but other people get lung cancer so the smoke from a vape in the lung it's the chemicals in the the tobacco and what makes up the tobacco that is damaging the lungs not the actual smoke well yes and no we're we're not still 100% sure about exactly what 
what specific point? Of, yeah. You'd have had eighty years to get this nailed down. You don't know. know what's going on. Well, There's about four and a half thousand chemicals in cigarettes, <laughs> yeah. and that's the trouble. But um, I mean, tobacco smoke as a whole is a proven carcinogen. That's okay. that's been that's been sort of agreed by the various sort of committees it, yeah. that look at that sort of stuff. There's lots of specific compounds in there that we're pretty confident that you find benzene in cigarettes, you find butadiene in cigarettes, you find other things in there, in, in, in sorry, smoke from cigarettes. Yeah, they will be carcinogenic, but the exact things that are causing the lung cancer... Yeah, like one thing that'll sure. cause this over something else is a yeah. bit... And things like heart disease as well, you know, why should smoking something into your lungs cause you to end up with heart disease, you know, and atherosclerosis where your arteries block up and why is what's the mechanism of that that's yeah. still quite quite uncertain but we know it happens but we don't know exactly did the pinpoint happens ah no so but interesting have you looked into other smoking things like cigars or even like marijuana or like anything like that less so because because they're less less common i yeah, mean yeah. piped uh, pipes yeah. pipes and cigars are are as harmful as as tobacco in some respects but cigar smokers never tended to inhale they just roll around the mouth they just sort yeah. of yeah the so it is it is still increasing the risk but it's perhaps less than the first time i inhale. had a cigar never had one man. i had and no tell you what wasn't the first time first time i did i inhaled it nearly died <laughs> and then the other so we were at um nearly died <laughs> we went we, of all places we went to the golf at the open when it was in liverpool and our kid had just been on holiday and he had two cigars so he gave us one and for some reason i just inhaled it and what's funny, right? See, so you had we were stood between two tea boxes. Someone was no, no. Someone was trying to put. Someone was trying to tee off, and I'm, I'm about to die. But I've just inhaled this cigar, something like that. Coughing your guts <laughs> up. Yeah. Not, I'm trying not to cough up. It's like Rory McIlroy's above a putt like this, and I'm like, I'm gonna die. You're watching literally Rory McIlroy. <laughs> what? You spoiled the open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like that. Oh no, Victor Hovland as well. So I get like, what's in a cigar? Then that makes it so addictive, type thing. Is it still tobacco? It's it's yeah, still it's tobacco. tobacco. It's just because you, you don't inhale tobacco. It. I think as well with cigars. I mean, I'm not an expert with cigars, but I think it's, there's there's something about the sort of status or the ritual of it yeah. and, and all of that rolled together cool, makes basically. it feel. And if you if you're a big a whiskey classic, drinker, it, yeah. it helps. It enhances the flavour because it does always look cool. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't be shouldn't <laughs> be promoting no, this. This is not smoking advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like cigarettes don't look cool to me. People always say, but cigars, I get it. Like yeah, type yeah. thing, I've never done one, but I get no. it. I get I get, I get the, the glamour of it. You know mm. what I mean? So, and a question that's come to my mind as we've been talking so obviously you looked at indoor pollution mm. mainly focused on like tobacco smoke or whatever have you ever done any research about just indoor pollution in general mm. and about how what are the best ways to because obviously more people spend time at home now yeah what are kind of the best ways to improve the air quality like in your home in your bedroom that type of thing yeah so one of the biggest risks is especially in this country is, is mold and damp so damp homes lead to mold and mm. those molds give off various spores etc that can can then affect, yeah. affect people's health so i think that's that's probably one of the biggest concerns in the indoor environment is actually is mold, mold. Wow. not some fancy pollutant if you like but good old-fashioned fashion mold. mold and damp yeah <laughs> but i mean it was in i mean there was a there's a very famous case you know just last year of child that died from I've being seen, in an yeah. excessively mouldy home and, and seen that's, that, yeah. Yeah. that's an extreme example but there's 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 probably yeah. tens of thousands of homes where so people how have been affected. impactful is it on say someone's health 
who spread like spends a lot of time indoors, potentially in like an unventilated room. Is that is there like evidence to suggest like you are at risk of certain things or uh, no? No, it's hard to pin down those Same things. Same thing. Uh, I mean, it's some excessive, excessively mouldy situations. Well, if yeah. you're asthmatic then yes, we know that's going to be problematical. Yeah. Um, we know a certain amount about sort of carbon dioxide. So as that gets higher in the environment, it it can cause sort of drowsiness and you poor see them performance. Because at John Ward, they've got them in all the rooms, haven't they? Carbon dioxide monitors. Yeah. Have you got one in your, in your office? It's in quite a lot of the rooms. I don't know what yeah. Yeah. Like. So it's Probably like, have, but I don't know what It's a big like. thing on the wall, and it's got a light in the middle. It tells you the... Is it the particulates in the air is that what it shows no, you it's showing the level of carbon dioxide yes. and it's it it was they were brought in as a sort of covid measure because they're a good indication of how well ventilated the space is mm. so if it's really well ventilated the co2 level which we're all producing by we're producing loads by talking away and <laughs> <laughs> breathing yeah. yeah if that builds up in a room because it's not well ventilated then the co2 level will go yeah. up and but then that also increases the risk of transmitting Covid virus yeah. or any other well, I ne- diseases. We, I don't know if this is actually good or bad. If I might be letting more pollutants in, but I never, I can't go to sleep with the windows closed because I feel mm. like when I wake up, the air is full of bad air. Yeah, and, and it is in the sense of it feels often. like damp and like not like yeah. not damp, you know what I mean it just feels horrible yeah. so I always even if it's cold I have to have it all no no that's a healthy yeah. thing to do yeah we, I, it's just weird we have um, one of our first year modules we, we give them some CO2 monitors to go and put around their homes and, and their bedrooms and, and, and see what happens and yeah if they have an unventilated bedroom where you've got a person there sleeping overnight windows shut doors shut the levels get quite high and it's not going to kill you but it's a stuffy environment then yeah. that you might not sleep as well it's yeah. not as restful i notice it in um like when i'm in my office in uni i'll get in at 10 it's all nice clean windows been open the pitch is nice and green and it'll get to about seven o'clock in the evening and i might like, fall asleep like this and i'll look up and it's just red <laughs> i'm like this is probably contributing to my drowsiness <laughs> Yeah. I get outside and I'm like, oh, I'm actually not that Feel tired. Drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Just, uh, there's no oxygen left in this room. I'm just inhaling carbon dioxide. Mm. So, so, Ivan then has a, a obviously a, a, a person who's researched vaping um, the effects on public health. Mm. One of the main things I'm not sure if you've got any experience in other areas, public health like diet, and then one of the main things someone can do <laughs> to not die. Basically, to not, to not have any issues, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, number one is the smoking because it is our do not smoke or vape biggest Don't cause of preventable vape. death. Oh, well, no, I would. I personally, and I might get shot by public health people. <laughs> wouldn't is, say no. I wouldn't say no to vaping if you're a smoker. Vape. Yeah. And that, that's actually not very controversial. I'd even say that I wouldn't be too concerned about people experimenting with vapes, mm. provided it because doesn't become a really sort of long term thing. And you do a lot of it, you know. If you're a casual vaper of a yeah, weekend, yeah. I mean, or... I much prefer my kids to have experimented with vapes than experiment with tobacco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so there's that. Um, I mean, I think things like alcohol we know is is harmful and does cause a lot of harm. You know, we've got team here that specialise in nightlife violence and yeah, because yeah, I suppose a big it's harm. Yeah, because it's know? not just a harm to yourself; it's the other things that come. Yeah, alcohol makes you do daft stuff. Yeah. We've all been there. Ryan knows. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there many times. 
and then you forget about it, which is sort of stop. Yeah, then that's if it. you but remembered, everyone, you might oh, not do it again. Everyone yeah. else remembers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the thing which makes it great. You forget about the things you've done. Until someone rings you up and goes, <clears throat> yeah. you were a knob. And yeah. you go, well, I don't remember, so it's all right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, alcohol. You know, it's not don't drink alcohol, but... but it's on abuse, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's harmful levels of alcohol consumption that you need to sort of stay beyond. And then, yeah, we're increasingly learning more about diet and the, the problems of, of obesity. And mm-hmm. it's not just being overweight, it's also the type of food that you're eating. And, you know, like processed foods and stuff. Processed foods, excess sort of sugar and carbs, the wrong sort of fats. Yeah. We eat too much animal fat. And different people handle it differently. That's one of the complexities. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not a one size fits all no. solution. It's a big like thing, especially I mean, we're, we're definitely an expert in it. I'm like, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we feel like there's a lot more these days on like, you know, high protein diet, high fiber mm. diet. Um, yeah, like 30, 40 years ago, it seems everyone was just eating a high volume of carbohydrates during like yeah, yeah. the 80s and 90s. But if you go back to like my granddad's generation or my nan, there's a lot more like fresh protein, mm. vegetables, potatoes, but they didn't really have refined processed white bread or no. all those type of like heat glucose spiking sugars, if you sure. like that. Um, and we've been encouraged to do this by the food industry. Yeah. They've had excess mm. of certain stuff, so they've been discouraged us from eating butters and fats and encouraged us to eat sort of... Marge. Marge. Yeah. Sugars and... Because isn't, margi- f- isn't margarine essentially just hydrocarbons? Isn't that where it comes from? It's derived from, in a way. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> and then, but then we're all hydrocarbons, well, and yeah. so are the plants that we eat. And so being hydrocarbon isn't, isn't no, a I problem, mean, but if it's a very processed... That's what refined, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Because there was the, as you say, there was the, like, um, everything was no fat, 0% fat, mm. but high sugar. Yeah. And yeah. people that, bought sort of it, something with 18 yeah. grams of sugar, because it had no fat in. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, are you actually doing yourself any yeah. favours by, yeah. by avoiding, quite... by having a zero percent no. fat diet? Yeah. You need fat. You need good fats in your life. You do. But and but then but it, depend, having loads but it of depends on sugar. the person. I think, and what I think we're realising is that we need to sort of maybe start personalising, individualised. So you know, I've done diet. one of these things where they assess your tolerance to sugar, tolerance to fats, etc. And because I've got diabetes that's rife, rife in my family. Oh, and I right, think, oh, okay. I'm really worried about my sugar intake. But it turns out I'm quite good at handling sugar. Okay. Ah, I'm right. not so good at handling animal fats. And oh, okay. So that's what I need to work yeah. on. But somebody else, it might be that, the no, they yeah. need to be working on the but sort of this, carb intake. This leans like into a certain area that like I quite enjoy. Because I, even though I'm like machine learning AI kind of mm. research, we I work a lot in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So with my supervisors, we do they're moving into like digital twins type things. Yeah, familiar with digital twins ish. I know your supervisor, so yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah, we've been working yeah, on a project together. Um, oh, which project? So it was a it's a Horizon Twenty Three bid that he's been working on, looking at um, sort of cardiovascular impacts and air pollution. So I'm oh, interested right. in the air pollution bit. And he's and putting, he's on the sort learning. of like the machine learning in terms of the impacts wow. on health. What yeah. a small world, indeed. It is. <laughs> yeah, so I work with Ivan. So, like, a lot of Ivan and Sandra, the, mm. the pet. So we work a lot with like. So I look like clustering, which makes yes. sense because a lot of the stuff we have focused on quite initially, and I, I believe it's probably the way forward for medicine is like a patient like me approach where we can use past modeling 
to give someone more personalised treatment instead of just being, well, yeah. you meet X, Y, and Z conditions. So here's X, Y, Z here's, here's, yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. treatment. Standard for, treatment, yeah. yeah. Whereas it's, you meet X, Y, and Z condition. However, this little variable over here puts you closer to this treatment plan mm. and then doing it that way. Like, I do feel that is... So what you mean, like, uh, with the diet? Like, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, it, it seems to be kind of this, like, thought process that is becoming more prevalent, I see, mm. in a lot of places where it's personalization is the new... It's the complexity of the individual, isn't it? We, yeah. You can't just yeah. paint a brush like, okay, you have diabetes, yeah. so there's one diabetes treatment for all 1,000 yeah. of you. And it's like, well... But, and like, that sort of works well, at a population level. Yeah. Like, exactly. When you yeah. look at the wider statue, you go, oh, this treatment's worked, but yeah. there's always like, people who are like, this is so far. me. Yeah. But like, yeah. for example, coming from <clears throat> nothing to a blanket approach is a great step forward. Like, I've got a good friend who who's diabetic and he was telling me like, he was like, yeah, he was like a couple of years before I got diagnosed diabetes, you essentially got a leaflet that was like, you can eat one jacket spud a day and eventually you will die. Mm. There was no, like that's, there was no management of treatment for diabetes essentially. So he was like, yeah, years ago what it used to be, you just used to like, yeah, one jacket spud a day, try to keep all right and eventually you, you're going to die. It'll it's going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, like, how, so this is what I mean. But like, it feels like now we've gone to that step where it's a blanket thing, improved treatments, and it's like for me the next big it's chasm is having that personalised approach, and I'm yeah. trying to do it digitally as well and automate it so people can get it quicker. Yeah, I think yeah. is the thing. sorry that was very off topic, but yeah, no, that's no, where, that's where it came from. Really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I suppose one of the final questions then for us mm. is. What's next for you? So I suppose mm. you've just mentioned the Horizon project you're working in. So what's that focused on specifically in terms of the air pollution? It, it's trying to understand the impact of particularly particular air pollution around Europe because it differs. So um, one of the teams is is in Poland and they have a very sort of different problem with air pollution, sort of Polish smog. It's, it's much more sort of traditional sort of from coal burning yeah, and yeah. winter sort of atmospheric conditions that lead to it all getting Being concentrated and yeah and then other parts of europe it's much more sort of photochemical smogs that's driven by you know sunlight and vehicle emissions that yeah, then react yeah. to, to, to form pollutants and and then you've got other bits of europe that's affected by saharan dust and things so it's, it's about but we don't we know all of those things have an impact but it's how do they then impact on the wider on on, on particularly people's cardiovascular health and heart disease and stuff like that's so interesting because as you say it's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily consider as you say we spend a lot of time in Liverpool but we'd have better quality there if we lived in the countryside it's stuff like that which you don't consider impacts your health which really does I I find so interesting and then the sort of the modelling side of that and the the digital twinning is trying to be able to sort of do something more useful with it and predict things and encourage change as you say it's all well and good having the prescriptive knowledge and knowing Mm this does this but then it's like how can we use that to get in front of it type thing exactly. I, I find that so interesting and we must I mean I don't know how well we are how like train we are at measuring deaths from pollution but it feels mm. hard to measure kind of I mean obviously we can measure pollutants in the air but mm. someone might die of, of a problem which come from living in a polluted area um, because it happened 10 years ago we just say oh they died of <clears throat> sorry X condition yeah. I wonder how many people actually die True figures because we're probably underestimating it of yeah. 
or actual air pollutants? There are always estimates. And, you know, for the UK, the estimates vary from sort of 25,000 people a year up to sort of 40,000 people a yeah. year dying from air pollution unnecessarily. And that is it's really hard to pin swing. down. Yeah, it's, it's, hey, that's it's, like when you're talking about... Very num- uncertain. Yeah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> <massive> confidence <laughs> interval. Yeah. Yeah. So we know within about 15,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give or take 10 yeah, million people. Yeah, because like, that's like you're saying, there's so many other what. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because and, it could and, be, as you say, it could be a confounder. It's not a reason you've died, but yeah, it's it's harder to. So to, that, that's why it's been. And but recently, there's been sort of cases. There was a case uh, a few years ago of a young girl that yeah. died of asthma. Her mother really campaigned for that to go to an actual sort of coroner's inquest and be actually Listed put as. down as a death from air pollution. Yeah, not just a death. I remember asthma. that. Yeah. yeah, and and that's the first time that's happened is that we've actually got a death on a death, death circuit of so air pollution. This is because it is air pollution. Wow. As you say, it probably does happen a lot more, but yeah, it's going to go down as the primary visible condition, not what has triggered the particular event potentially. Exactly. Yeah. So so it's always estimates, and but you know we're confident and within these wide margins. Yeah. But it does have a big yeah, impact. Confident. We're calm <laughs> <health. laughs> like The thing with public health, though, is we're, so, we're always interested in that sort of population level. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, confidence intervals can be quite big and we still know that it's a major problem. Because, yeah, because you're, you're capturing the demographic at large, essentially. Yeah. You're not trying to be oh so specific. No. So it doesn't really matter as much. Not as much. That's no. what yeah. really annoys me about population level mm-hmm. work like obviously it's got to be done you need to know general patterns but like oh we know that when we have more green space that people live better lives yeah. so they'll put a park in a deprived area <laughs> and they go that'll that'll and it's just like on the ground this doesn't work yeah. if you're from the areas this just doesn't work but when you're looking at it from, a, from the hawk's eye yeah. you're like this works look at the yeah. data it's like go and ask the people in the area this park's done nothing to help them yeah. like do you know what i'm saying it, but it's, it's like yeah. it's hard it's to a see the effects being very tangible it's like a, yeah. yeah it's like I'm not saying you shouldn't look at population level stuff. You've got to, but it's just like that. trying to like pinhole it down to the individual level. It's got to be more personalised. You can't just, you know, paintbrush the air. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, other than the Horizon Project, anything else with yourself? Well, what I mean, are we trying to move into. <laughs> I've been very tied up with my neurology no, and stuff. Is, but, is there anything else that you've been I mean, particularly interested I mean, in? Or? It's the vaping side. So yeah, I'm yeah. really interested in in what we were talking about before. How much do people use them throughout the day is it something that people sort of are sort of addicted to and puffing 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 all the time or is it something that they can put down Um, and leave and and just sort of use on a very occasional basis and i don't i haven't seen much research on that and that's something i'd really like to explore that's a nice well that as you say that's a very nice thing to answer because if there is again a different in smoking habit but not also just what's being smoked how it's being smoked that's yeah. a huge finding and a way to model that particular thing definitely so yeah, interesting it makes a big interest impact on yeah the actual outcomes is, is how much they're being used because if most people, people are worry about if most because as you say most people who smoke cigarettes don't become casual cigarette smokers they become smokers i want to smoke yeah. at least like three four of whereas if a vape is a bit more like how most people drink which is casual drinking mm. 
on a Friday night, they have a couple of pints with the friends, then they'll go three weeks, yeah, yeah. and they'll have a glass of wine and a meal, yeah. and they might go a couple of months later have that one night where they do get really drunk, and then yeah. if if vaping's like that, mm. you can't you can't see it being less of a problem. But as you yeah. say, if you do do these surveys or whatever, well, and see. it is a habit, mm. that could I mean, be. We've got reason to think vaping might be like that. I mean, we know that there are things in cigarettes that combine with nicotine to actually enhance that sort the of addiction. addiction effect. Wow. So it's not just the nicotine, it's other things in tobacco that yeah. enhance it. And they're obviously not present in e-cigarettes. It's yeah. just the nicotine on its own. So we'd expect it to be less addictive, less but, powerful. But, even still just from but exactly how that manifests, we're not Even sure. just from like a personal level, like when menthols used to be a thing, I used to mm. I used to enjoy a menthol mm-hmm. on a night out. A cigarette? Yeah, a little menthol cigarette. It's a mm. minty cigarette. Like, yeah. I used to feel <laughs> yeah. like they were right. I'm not even gonna lie now. Yeah, they were unbelievable. However, never that lads. I can't. They, smoke, I used to wake up after a night of men, minty cigarettes, right, mm. and I'd be horrendous. Like I'd feel awful. Yeah. But like I've done occasional like I've had a vape, and the the feeling the next day is just yeah. Uh, so it's it's not doing like those. So, so many unpleasant things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the menthol cigarettes. One reason why that they were they were banned. It's because of it's that. Cause they were really attractive to people because they were a very easy oh, way yeah. into smoking. Because it's quite. Because I, I used to I used to like social smoke when mm-hmm. I used to go out to drink, and then as soon as they got rid of menthol cigarettes, I never picked one up ever again. Yeah. What was so bad about menthol? No, menthol was great. Oh, <laughs> that's what was so bad about it. Yeah. Oh. It was great. It meant kids and things could smoke, and it it wasn't as hard work. It wasn't oh. that something about the mental made it easy. In the filter, you used to have this little thing. You used to pop them. Yeah. And then, like when why you haven't sm- I seen these? Look. So when you used to smoke, it used to be like minty. So it used to taste nice. Oh, okay. So and then, but then as soon as they got rid of them, I had like mm. one regular cigarette. I'm never. I've only ever ever gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Ever. it's a it's a different experience. But Not lots awful. of people did move from menthol into other cigarettes I can and imagine become hardened smokers, and you know that's why they, that's why they were banned. Yeah, but they're still there as a as a e-cigarette flavor, and there's lots of arguments about whether we should be banning flavors in e-cigarettes. And, yeah, I mean um, that makes sense because that so makes like, it attractive for that very reason. A watermelon in your mouth type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're sort of helpful for smokers. If you talk to sort of because it's more beneficial to have a flavour than tobacco. Yeah, so someone who smokes and vapes, they want to have the flavour, and that's important to them. It's part of their experience. It's more but, but it's also mean. if it's strawberry or bubble gum or something. If that's you've much never more smoked before, kids. yeah, like it's yeah. not a adult flavour. No, as it were, it's more aimed at a younger demographic. Yeah, although a surprising number of sort of adult ex-smokers will smoke you know a bubble gum. you know fruit flavored cigarette uh, e-cigarettes course, yeah. yeah but it's it's more like the the targeted audience it feels like it's being targeted much younger yes I mean, and you get some of the advertising that you know or, or well, not advertising not that but marketing of them yeah it is it is it's yeah. feeling quite like it's aimed at children so have you have you tried vapes yourself something like that i have had <laughs> Purely for science. You don't have to I've had a taste, a, a test of one just to sort of see, okay. You're the guy what, researching what, it. Yeah, exactly, I want to know what, what are these like? Yeah. And, you know, what's the attraction? Or, uh, yeah. Even I, the attraction, it's so it's so inoffensive to smoke it. Mm. It tastes well better. Inoffensive. So, like, so if you smoke a vape and you don't smoke, yeah. it's still offensive. You'll cough, you'll feel, oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. But to smoke a cigarette so if you did that and then had a cigarette 
Yeah. That would like burn you. It'd be awful. Oh, Whereas right, that, okay. you could probably have one cough. Be, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah. And then you still wouldn't mind going again. Yeah. It's right. much less inoffensive. It tastes nice and it makes you feel a lot less worse. Yeah. Definitely. So, so just prepare. You sound I, like you're trained up on it. You this, this makes me sound like I'm a real avid, like, yeah. vape smoker, yeah. but no. I just. So, just the occasion. Oh, I can vouch that Ryan doesn't smoke. <laughs> I've been in plenty of places where he's no, not smoked. I've, just, I've done it enough times to know the yeah. difference, yeah. As, as, as it were. But thank you. Ivan, for your time. Thank you very much for coming. It's been so thank interesting. You very much. No, because thanks. It's been fun. Genuinely, since when we first started this podcast, we put a list of because we used to do it like a a series called like research news, mm-hmm. not not research news, like big, big think. think ideas where we mm. talk about like self driving cars, electric cars, and the one we had at the top of the list straight away was vaping, smoking, yeah. that type of thing because we found it so interesting, but we never found a way to do it. So this has been one we've wanted we to did, do. We basically didn't know what we were talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so so for like the past 30 episodes, it's been one to do and it's not disappointed. It's been very, very interesting. Fantastic. No, so yeah, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you everyone for watching. I hope <laughs> you found it interesting as well. But before we let you go, we've got two more questions we'd like to ask. Okay. Um, the first one is Sam's famous question. My favourite favorite question favorite and famous question. question. Yeah. Okay, Ivan. You're on your deathbed. Yeah. You're dying. You smoke too many cigarettes. (laughs) You smoke too many vapes. (laughs) Turns out the research was wrong. They do kill you. Yeah. Okay, you're on your deathbed. You're going to die tomorrow. I'm the great provider and I come down and say, Ivan, I'm sorry, you're going. But what is the one thing that you want to know that you do not know right now that will make that good night a little bit more sweeter <laughs> could, be, could be something wide yeah, big picture busy, or something personal yeah. we've had a range of questions we've had some stupid we? answers as well yeah I can yeah. imagine yeah <laughs> <laughs> some really intelligent people giving really the bad answers as yeah. I said the best one we've had is it was like someone went oh, I'd like to know if there was somewhere you go after you die and we went yeah. But you'd want to know that as you're about to die. What if the answer's no? no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be very disappointed. You're about an hour away from death and it's like, you're well, that's it. Eternal nothingness. And you just found that out from the point for, of For one. fact. Oh, well, this could be a great hour, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I've, I've just thought of a really stupid one. <laughs> so, yeah, it, that can be yours. <laughs> no, no. Stupid ones are welcome. It's a bit like that. It's like, what could I have done with my life that would have earned me loads of money and been really exciting and interesting? <laughs> yeah, like, and then you'd sit point? there and think, oh, yeah, I should have done that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah like, what specific <laughs> date, time, minute... What 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 decision was it I made that sent me on the wrong path? <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, that'd be quite cool. That has a little highlight highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, don't say it would be worse about that than not coming back with one answer. So you're right. There's like fifty there times where you could have been a millionaire and yeah. you messed them all up. No, yeah, you you bumped into this this person. They were about to invite you to yeah, invest. Yeah. You and decided you... to go to some other pub, not yeah. meet them, and then you did this for them. Yeah, it's exactly, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's Is that a good your answer. answer actually, or we like that. for something else? Or... No, that would be. I like it. I like it. That's interesting. What is what is the point? I messed up. (laughs) At what point did this all go wrong? It's like that. I saw someone say this. It's like, when, like, say if you died, wouldn't it be great if you got like a highlight reel? (laughs) (laughs) You just sit there and watch the cinema, like it, like Sky Sports on a Sunday. All your best moments in life. So that'd be fab. Get to pick a theme track. I could stay awake. (laughs) Just (laughs) just, like all through your life. (laughs) 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 I'll smith as you go I'm crying, that's Jesus. class. Yeah, and the final question... Talking about music. Yeah, talking yeah. about music. The final question we ask before we let anyone go 
is what is your favourite song of all time? Oh. But then we also asked kind of another question underneath where if that because there's so many songs, what's mm. kind of your favourite the minute if the, the first okay. question? What have you been listening to? Listening to? So I think actually it's police do 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 da da da. Uh, I just stings amazing. Man. It's just I just find it really catchy and it's just always enjoyed it. It was one yeah. of those that band when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Super Police cool. unbelievable. Yeah. Because when we get round to it, we're going to, we've got, because every guest that's come on, we've asked them that question. Yeah. So we're going to put a big playlist up. Here, so oh, so cool. it's going to be, it's so rogue. So you're going to have like, there's so many different so people's many, like, like songs. From, from heavy metal to like, we've got the heaviest thrash on there to like, oh, wow. opera music. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like all sorts. Yeah. So it'll be an Police interesting playlist. Well. Yeah. It will, yeah. So once again, thank you very, very You're much welcome. for your time. It's been such an interesting episode. Thank you everyone for watching. If you liked it, make sure you leave a like. Comment, let us know your thoughts on vaping, smoking. Are you like yeah. me and pretend to everyone you don't vape and smoke and just give yourself away? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you disliked it, there's a button for that as well, but we don't like you, but let us know anyway. Cheers for the cheers for the view. And cheers it's, um, for the interaction. Cheers for the interaction. And until the next one, we'll see you then. Peace out, Peace people. Out. See you in a bit. <laughs>